Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. The project of ending human inequality requires the development and entrenchment of fundamental values that govern how we treat each other. The Apostle Paul leaves us one of these values in Galatians 3.28. He says, in Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, no male or female, but all are one in Christ Jesus. The Galatian correspondence was written by the Apostle Paul to a region in Southeast Asia in which certain Jewish activists were insisting that in order to become Christians, non-Jews in these churches needed to adopt and to obey certain Jewish practices such as obeying Sabbaths and circumcision. This was causing concern because those who refused to obey and adopt these practices were being made to feel that they were less than Christians. What made the matter even worse for Paul in this epistle is that a person of no lesser standing than the Apostle Peter was equivocating about these matters. According to Paul, I withstood him to the face. Paul confronted Peter because the consideration in these matters are vital. His bold assertion that in Christ there is no Jew or Gentile, no slave or free, no male or female, asserts the fundamental difference between the Christian faith and all other religions. Christianity is not an ethnic enclave. It is beyond ethnicity and race and gender. To the Apostle Paul, this was not only important, it was of fundamental importance because it is the counter-narrative or the transvaluation of value that prevents fear from becoming the framework for community organization. Once we start making these descriptors the basis of how we see people and how we relate to people, it is not long before we start to demonize certain people and to be afraid of them. And our fear of the other is only a step away from our hatred towards, the, towards them. So first we notice the differences between and among human beings. One is male, another is female. One is black, another is white. One is servant, another is owner. And then we tell ourselves things about them. And then we use the things we tell ourselves about them as a basis of relating to them and treating with them. And soon we become bigoted against them. We deny them access to the goods and services and opportunities available to the community. 
on the basis of their descriptors alone. This is what the gospel of Jesus Christ rejects. A person is a person is a person. Here is what Paul's words about our oneness in Christ affirms. The first is that the, descript that the descriptors do not add to or take away from the humanity of a person. Nothing about our humanity is added to or taken away from because of our appearance, our religion, or our social position. We are never human beings because of them, and our humanity is not lessened by the absence of any of them. These things do not go to the essence or substance of who we are and what we are. These are skin deep. They are merely externals, not essentials. This is what we have been taught over and over again. That is what has been the lesson about our kind in these parts. We were enslaved and denied everything that our humanity deserves. But we resisted and we took our freedom into our own hands. And in time, we have proved to be no less than anyone as human beings. And we have proven to be better than many. Ethnicity, economic and social standing or gender are mere descriptors. They tell one thing about us, but they never tell the whole story. We are more than that. We are more than our gender, more than our race and ethnicity, and more than the social class or religion to which we have been made to belong. When you meet a person and you relate to a person, never detain yourself to focus on the mere descriptors. Go beyond that in your assessment of them, in your relationship with them. Never relate to them on the basis of these descriptors alone. Never deny them on the basis of these descriptors alone. When you allow these descriptors of gender and race and social standing to determine how and who we relate to, we are laying the foundation for fear and hatred and bigotry to take root and to become the basis of our social and community arrangements. The things about fear and hatred and bigotry is that they take on a life of their own. They never stop where they begin, but they keep going and create much more damage than what we first see and think about. When fear and hatred and bigotry first start out, they are directed at persons whom we fear or hate or are prejudiced against. But in the end, it is us who fear and hate and are bigoted that are distorted and destroyed by them. We become ugly and brutish and our community living is on us unsustainable and unbearable. Paul asserts something else about this value. He says, but all are one in Christ. Equality, unity, and community are the fruits of this value. It makes the assertion and gives place to the idea that community living is made better and stronger and richer 
when it is diverse and inclusive. These descriptors of ethnicity or social class or gender are, are, are not inhibitors to community. They are ingredients to make community living richer by its diversity. If we find ways to cross the social contours, we enrich our experience. Women are wonderful creatures, but women alone cannot build a rich family life. We need some men as well. Communities are stronger and better and richer and more beautiful and more the more diverse they are. Diversity does not take away from community. It adds to our experience of community. So we must discipline ourselves to build inclusive relationships. Yes, we may need to stretch ourselves a bit to learn about the other, to adjust and make space for the other. But when we succeed by adjusting and inclusion, we end up with something much better and more enriched. What is being advocated is not a mere nicety, but something vital to the survival and viability of our humanity. Our oneness as a human family is a goal my humanity is diminished if your humanity is threatened. The more inhumane the circumstances of the other, the less human I am. My humanity is bound up with the humanity of the other person. The examples abound. Take the COVID pandemic that has ravaged the human family across the globe. Its spread is exacerbated by the zones of inequality. It is in the ghettos and the flavelas, in those spaces that people are denied health care and health insurance, quality living conditions, those that could not all work from home and their children could not learn from home because of the digital divide. They lack internet access and equipment. If more people got paid leave as a matter of course, the impact of the pandemic would have been lessened, which when our fellow human beings are mistreated and neglected, it diminishes, it threatens my humanity, my human experience. This is how it is. Paul enjoins us, therefore, to build a world for all its citizens, its Jews and its Greeks and its enslaved and its free, its men and its women. Let us make one human family. To do that is to have, to do that we have to make it our working assumption that we are all equal. Despite our descriptors, we are all building blocks to build unity and community. This means from each as he is able to each as he needs. We will have to guard each person's dignity and save each person's pride. We will have to walk together and work together so that we can make, make us one. Notice that this is not a command, it is a faith commitment. It is part of the working assumption 
with which we build and by which we judge ourselves. In Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, no enslaved and no free, no male and no female, but all are one, equal, united, and part of a community in Christ. How do we measure up against that standard? Who are the people we exclude, deny access and opportunities? Who are the people that we are committed to remain lesser than, not good enough for? Or are we committed to find all who are made in the image of God and purchased by the blood of Christ to treat them as we are treated, to make them a brother and a sister? Until we can do that, the human family is fractured and under threat. And unless we commit to that, the Christian faith has nothing to offer to the world because we are no different from them. But when we do that, we are well on the way to making our world better, our communities stronger and richer and more harmonious and lasting. May God help us so to do. Amen.